Technology and food have to be in the top five passions for any nerd. I'm Chris Riley, tech advocate for Splunk, SweetCode contributor, and bad coder turned dev enthusiast. I sit down to eat with techies to talk about modern technologies, careers in tech, and advancement in development practices. My employer does not own or sponsor this podcast. My thoughts are my own, and no guests were drugged or coerced during the recording. This is Developers Eating the World. All right, I'm sitting here with Pascal at DevOps Days Boston. I almost forgot where I was. <laughs> Pascal, why don't you tell me a little bit about yourself and your role? Sure. Um, I've been working with. Uh, I've been working as a uh, NAC administrator for Vistaprint North America for about the last five years now. Um, and, and my role, we basically do. We basically do the bulk of the organization's monitoring. Um, we do. We monitor through tools uh, such as Victor Robs. We also uh, use other uh, tools, uh, other platforms such as AWS, Sumo Logic, New Relic. A lot of tools. <laughs> how do you adopt those tools? How do you guys like decide? Because there's so much out there. Like, how do you decide to bring in new tooling? Well, uh, well, essentially, I mean, we work with uh, with the NOC. The NOC is kind of like the first responder. Um, we also work with groups such as our monitoring path solutions team. They they they're the really the the organization. They um. The team that works with other with our other development squads to kind of get, you know give some uh, best practice on how to design alerts, uh, what should be alerted on, and what's the best platform to use. Um, we also work with our problem management team that helps us uh, that works with us to better understand uh, patterns and you know um, how how one alert kind of ties in with other alerts. There are many instances where one where sometimes one service will go down and it can also affect other microservices. So can you tell me more about because that's one thing that I think is critical. So when I when I talk to most people about alerting, it's either they get too many or they get too little. And context matters. Absolutely. And especially in like microservices, because you just said it, so obviously you guys are leveraging microservices. Yes, yes. We're, we, we're right now, um, right now, uh, we're, we're, and we're beginning our transition to a more oh, okay. microservice uh, relevant architecture. Right now, we still have quite a bit of our code base in a, in a monolith. I just opened my uh, lunchbox and it's always kind of like a prize at a trade show when yes. you open your lunchbox. <laughs> Absolutely. Uh, but it's always the same thing. Yeah. So turkey sandwich, got it. Cape Cod chips. Um, so, you know, what in a microservices world, um, what do you guys need to show up inside of your alerts so you're not chasing down problems when like what triggered the alert may not necessarily be the issue. Like, how do you manage that? Well, well, essentially, what we do is with the alerts that we get. I mean, you know, alerting and designing alerts—it's an ongoing conversation. So we're we're constantly talking to the teams that we're monitoring uh, their, the services for. So let, let's say, for example, we we have an individual that makes an escalation at a certain hour of the night when someone's sleeping, and you know, we through the VictorOps tool. Uh, we go ahead and make an escalation that triggers uh, that triggers you know some specific squads uh, on call. They come online and we and we present, hey, there's a problem here, which is the reason for my engagement. And they go, oh wait, but this isn't a problem. And then we're like, okay, wait a minute, what's the disconnect? The information that that was presented in your alert, which 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 will have an associated runbook, said that hey, when I when I see this particular event, this insinuates that the hey, it's a major problem. I have to you know, reach out to your uh, on-call policy. But it's like, oh no, this is actually the problem. Okay, 
Well, that's really the, where the discussion begins. What can we do to, to get the more, the more insightful information that you have visible to, to you, visible to us, so we can make the, the more effective escalation the following time this happens again? Right. So in your post-mortem, like, are you guys really good about having that conversation and then... Absolutely. Uh, the po the post-mortem, uh, going back to this whole uh, idea of like a, a blameless culture, you know, the post-mortem is very important. We can evaluate what we did well and evaluate really where, where, our, where our moments of opportunity are. And we can really get into the learning. Well, hey, you know, and um, like I, I had a, a recent example with another squad where which described the, the scenario I just gave that I gave an escalation, I raised an escalation to them, and, I, and the, with the information that was within their run book, insinuating that, hey, there's a major problem here. Like, like, I really need to get somebody on the line. And they returned back with, uh, they returned back with some information saying, hey, well, actually, this was just a momentary blip. You know, everything's okay now. And then I then follows like, hmm, actually, actually that's an interesting graph, but I don't see that, I don't see the graph, or I don't see the link to that specific dashboard in, in the rumble that you provided. Do you, do you agree that this, that that link you have would be more helpful than what you have in the rumble? And it's just kind of starting that, starting that discussion, so, you know, and then working together. Because many times, well, well, the reason why VictorOps is such a helpful tool is that many of the times these dev squads are leveraging all these other monitoring tools and they're still learning how to best leverage them as well. Like, you know, they, they have their alerting set up in a tool like Sumo Logic, where New Relic would probably be the better, more appropriate platform for them to use. Do you guys vet tooling for the rest of the organization? Do you get part involved in that? Uh, I, absolutely, I mean, we, we, we have, I mean, I mean, we generally encourage teams to, to use the offerings that we have. That's what you were saying earlier, by the way. <laughs> I should say this first. Um, I didn't tell you to talk about Victor Ops, right? You decided I didn't force you to talk about Absolutely Victor Ops. <laughs> okay. Just so the listeners are clear on that. Um, so one of the one of the things related to vetting tools that you said when we were talking earlier is that, and I think is really cool, and I've heard this from somebody else, which is, if you don't use it, we don't support it. How did how did you build that? Tell me more about that. Well, well, essentially, um, once once Victor Ops started to grow in popularity in our organization, and more teams started to catch on, uh, management management of our group then decided to update our service catalog, and that was then in that moment when our when some of our other teams started growing as well, modeling past solutions team that was helping other squads fine tune their lanes like hey this is what we're in this is our this is our service offering um you know and we, we're happy to support you but th if you if you're going to have a support you this is what you have to use and and teams were kind of already starting to really open their minds about a tool like victor ops but once we really made that as a de facto option of our service catalog and people started understanding you know, really the, the, the benefits that I can offer in terms of aggregating your alerting. And then once you started realizing that other teams are going in there, they're like, okay, well, I mean, if these other squads are in there, I, I, it makes sense for you to be in there as well. Yeah, and what a compelling reason to adopt a tool because you want, you want people behind you. <laughs> Absolutely, yeah. So, you know, you've talked about a culture that is um, kind of counterintuitive to what most people think of as the old school knock. How do you think Vistaprint got there? 
How do you think discipline got to... The, like the stewardship culture, the culture where like you can do post-mortems and not everybody get upset. <laughs> you know, everybody's working together. Um, well, I mean, I, I think... Uh, I mean, that, that culture was kind of already there before I got there. I've been with the organization for about five, almost six years now. Oh, wow. And, and it's, 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 always, it's always been an emphasis on, on blameless because you have, you have I mean, a, a, a vast number of developers all making their contributions to, to, to a code base. And it's very easy for things to go wrong. Not everybody writes code the same, you know? It's somebody missed a semicolon and then th things happen. But you know, the most important thing to, that, uh, that I learned uh, earlier is that incidents are not caused by people. You know, it's all, it all goes back to, it all goes back to the code. So you really want to uh, adopt this culture where it's collaborative. Yeah, I mean, I mean, I mean, I mean as, as an art person, we're the ones that are, that are initiating the young call. So, you know, you might hear from someone like me or I might have put something to you at like 3.34 in the morning. I'm probably not going to be on your Christmas list, you know, come <laughs> December, but it's a, but you know, when we have these postmortems, when something bad actually happens, it's an opportunity to really have a discussion and really kind of collaborate and share ideas. Um, not going to be on your Christmas list. I love it. <laughs> hey, you know, but you know, I mean, uh, and, and it's really brought about new ideas. I mean, one thing that we've started seeing squads doing, uh, one thing that we started seeing squads doing when they create their run books, now, we, now we've had squads that come and basically do random, random run-throughs, random walkthroughs. So they will actually um, s synthesize an event of their alert going off. And a lot more, uh, and a few more squads ha ha have been doing this. And it's just, you know, we go through a period of where we actually reenact and go through the process and steps of one of your major critical J1 alerts or what have you. And we're kind of, it's kind of like a collaboration. Hey, was this part clear? Um, you know, the, uh, the, the knock admin in question, you know, ran this script or basically uh, enacted this, this response. Was that appropriate? Was something misinterpreted? Is your team always first line of defense? Yeah. Yes, the, the knock is, a, the, knock is a, the bird's eye view and we're the first response. So what, what we see, what we see and what we would interpret is, uh, is definitely, um, what we see and what we interpret is very important. Because many, because many times in an organization, not 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 just visible, and I don't want to say business visible, but any organization, you know, there are there's stuff in your environment that may have not have been captured. So if 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 you have something that's not necessarily alerting you, but you see something weird somewhere, say something, and and maybe you might have to, you know, wake somebody up in the middle of the night to do that. But there have been instances where things like that have been have been brought to have been brought up. You see something like a weird pattern. You uh, you you call you call it out, and it's like, oh wait, wow, this was actually a bigger problem. We should get some alerting behind this. Yeah. And so, are you using like anomaly detection or anything of that sort to kind of see those patterns? Um, anomaly detection. I, I would. I probably. I'm not necessarily sure. Uh, is there any specific tools? In so no. So like, uh, what do you use for monitoring? Well, for for monitoring, I mean, a lot a lot of our monitoring uh, is through uh, Sumo Logic, uh, New Relic. Okay. We also have some dashboards that have been made in tools like Looker. So, are you visually looking at those dashboards to yeah. see? Yeah, we're visually looking at those dashboards, and we're also using our alerting to kind of correlate and, and you know link patterns together. Okay, got it. That's interesting. 
So let's talk a little bit about these events. What brought you to DevOps Days? Well, well, well for me personally, DevOps Days, um, my, my interest in the company is kind of twofold. Looking at new, you know, leveraging uh, the, this, this uh, incredible network, uh, you know, talking with a gentleman like yourself and all these other really cool companies about the technology that they're using. Uh, some of the, some of the things that they're seeing in, in their customer base, some of the patterns, uh, best uses, best practices, but also for me personally, who's a dev, ad, who's a knock at, knock admin now, and trying to understand more and explore more of this DevOps space. I mean, um, you know, uh, you know, coming like uh, before being a knock administrator, I was I was a systems administrator. Yeah. So now, kind of being in this monitoring space and spending time with one of the devs, I'm really passionate about like DevOps, and I want to explore that field a lot more. Yeah. What excites you about DevOps? Well, like, the, what really excites me about DevOps is, that, is, uh, the, is essentially the manner of how CI/CD works, and you know the, the 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 developers and the operations people kind of working together, you know, and and kind of and kind of seeing the fact that like the skills the skills needed to really kind of be successful is you, you need a little bit of that development stuff. Right. Now you can kind of understand, you know, where the dev is coming right. from. Because, you know, one, one thing that's kind of pushed off is this whole clash between, you right. know, the dev people us and the ops people. Them. Yeah, us versus them. But now it's like, no, it's, it's a collaboration. We're working together. And a lot of this work, you know, using a lot of these uh, monitoring and alert aggregation tools, you see that it really is an ongoing collaborative discussion. What do you think's next? What I think is next, um, I think the ne next in terms of... Like what, you know, next technology, next approach. DevOps is getting pretty old. Yeah. <laughs> I, think, I think the next approach, um, I think it's going to be more, I think it's going to be more kind of minimizing, more like, uh, maybe more like containerization or, I mean, I don't know, I mean, I don't know. Well, so you guys are making the shift to microservices now. Like, ha has that also changed the structure of your teams? Um, as, as, as directly affecting to us, not necessarily, okay. but it's definitely changed what we looked at, absolutely. Yeah, because that's a big move. I no, mean, that's, that's a significant shift, absolutely. Yeah. Um, and that definitely goes in with what you're saying, like containerization, smaller units, are, you call them squads, are, how big is a typical squad? A squad can be as many as like four people. A squad can grow up to like 15 people. They could be wow. subdivisions of squads. Wow, that's interesting. Yeah. So, so far today, was there any big insights? I know we're only in day one, lunchtime. Absolutely. I mean, there's been some uh, significant insights, you know, developing an on-call culture, which, uh, you know, really, really uh, ties in. Uh, you know, with uh, with the, you know some of these tools that I've discussed, and you know, again, the the, the importance of ensuring that it's a blameless culture, yeah. the, the importance of ensuring that you're learning from it, and the importance of ensuring that, like, not just not just you know capturing, in terms of alerting, not just capturing everything, capturing the right things, you yes, know, alert right. fatigue, right. Alert fatigue is a big thing. Absolutely. And, a, and it's not just the tool; it has to do with how you set up Absolutely. your alerting. Yeah, so you guys own, do you basically own the configuration and the setup of the alerting platform? Absolutely. Yeah. Um, so you're kind of establishing best practices in a way as well. Absolutely. Yeah. So uh, well, well, my, my group doesn't necessarily own it. Our monitoring path solutions group, they okay. own it. Yeah. Okay. But, but we, well, we work closely with them. If we, if we come across alerts that don't have that configuration, we kind of 
flag them and say and try to reach out to those groups and say hey you know we see this alert you you set it up this way this is generally what we would recommend if you if you need a different type of configuration we have this uh, group that you're more than welcome to work with it's just that we would we would strongly encourage you to use a specific format yeah all right so last question every time i've seen a screenshot of like or a screenshot a photo of a knock there's always a screen in the middle that's got some sort of sports game, something playing. <laughs> what do you guys play on your your special screen? Uh, honestly, we don't we don't really oh, have a special screen. Man. Yeah, I mean we, we might we might have a screen that we'll use if there's like a major event going on or something. But no, we don't no, have no gaming going yeah, on in the night. We don't we don't have a special screen, but you know. But definitely, we, we, you know, there, there might be an opportunity to maybe take, take over a screen, take a hold of your screen that's, you know, not, not as critical or <laughs> least critical to kind of put something up on display. So Yeah, yeah, that's funny. Uh, all right, well, Pascal, thank you for your time. I'm going to let you go to the next session, but I really appreciate it. It's awesome. uh, fun you for chatting me. about yeah. um, you're the first knock person I've had. So we're around episode 2021. 20, okay. I've, I've given up naming the number of episodes because I've screwed it up so yeah. many times. But Certainly. first first person from a knock. So I appreciate it. Absolutely. And, Thank uh, you for having me see on. You in the, yep. Thanks. Yeah.